What up? We are back again today, and it is time to get the ball rolling. We are back again today in the studio. Today we are going to be talking about the FCS. Uh, Do a little bit of recap from the previous week. Just a little bit. Surprises, disappointments from week one. And what we are going to be looking forward to in week two. Uh, A lot of things have happened in the FCS. And uh, I talked a little bit about it in the the week one recap. If you haven't had a chance, uh, go back and listen to that one. Uh, we break down a little bit more of the games, uh, the main games that we talked about. This will just be a brief little overview, but we're going to be transitioning into week two. That is one of the best things about college football is that every single week you have the opportunity to play a game and then you're going to practice and you're going to fix and you're going to repeat, right? It's kind of like, you know, you don't put the water on, put the soap on wash your hands, uh, dry dry them off, and then repeat, right? You do those things over and over again, brushing your teeth, put on toothpaste, brush your teeth, spit it out, gar- gargle some water, and then repeat, right? Just same things over and over again. You guys know repetition and stuff, so, but that is one of the best things is because you need to have a short-term memory in college football. It does not matter. Now, I don't want to uh, overreact to a certain uh, game or uh, a bad drive or, 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 you know, a bad throw, whatever it may be. I don't want to overreact, but I'm telling you, as you watch, as you go through this, and, and I've been watching college football for as long as I have, you, you'll notice trends, and you're going to see it throughout uh, the entire uh, college football year, I guess, if you, if you would like to say that. You're going to see a trend. But over the last five years, what happens? You know, teams that might be really hyped and they end up not living up to expectations. You know what I mean? And, and it's kind of crazy how that happens. Uh, so uh, a lot of surprises came out of week one and uh, a lot of disappointments also. And like I said, we're not trying to overreact, but we definitely wanted to be stated that these are the, this is the way that we think. Uh, we're kind of doing a, a right and wrong type thing. I'll, I'll tell you where I felt like uh, I called it right. Uh, if you've listened to the last two or three weeks, I've gone over a lot of these things. And then maybe where I might have gotten it wrong as well. Uh, there were a couple instances, more so in the FBS uh, than the FCS, but I feel like I've done a pretty good job. So, so uh, listen in, and if you hear something and I haven't discussed it, call me out on it. Leave a comment. Let me know. And uh, I'll gladly discuss it in the next uh, podcast. So uh, here we go. We will start off uh, with the surprises from week one number one the biggest surprise for me was uh eastern kentucky beating valparaiso 53 to 7 now i knew eastern kentucky was going to be good Uh, i did a lot of homework on them and i said uh you know what this team is legit and uh i kind of thought that the last couple years they've kind of had it rough uh just, just uh, by the way, a schedule and stuff like that. And I actually had them at number two in the Ohio Valley. Now, we're going to get into Jacksonville State in a little bit, but honestly, there's a little bit of blood in the water. And I think the Ohio Valley really showed up. Uh, number one was Eastern Kentucky. Beating them 53-7, to that was a complete beatdown. I loved it. Against the Valparaiso team, who, who really, on my stock market indicator, is a plus one. They are doing pretty good overall. Um... 
And they've built a decent program. Doesn't mean that every single year they're going to the playoffs, but they've been and they've done something. So interesting enough. Uh, so Eastern Kentucky getting the win. I really looks good. And I said uh, when I predicted this, I, I told my wife, I told a couple of my friends, I said Jacksonville State. I'm taking it because I don't know. I don't know if Eastern Kentucky's there. And honestly, I think they're there now. They are. They played well. I'm really excited to see where the rest of their season will take them. They have. You know, obviously they're going to play Jacksonville State. They have Southeast Missouri. They have you know Austin PA. They have UT Martin. They have Murray State. So they they, they got to win these games. But overall, as a, as a to start off the season, fifty three to seven, that's got to feel great. Uh, and. Overall, I'm really impressed with them. Also, with Eastern Kentucky, they re- they return the most amount of starters. And I said that at the beginning. This team very well could win the Ohio Valley Conference uh, as we as it kind of shakes out. A lot of people were surprised with Southeast Missouri this last year uh, in 2018. Well, 2019, I honestly think that is the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. So uh, take it for what it's worth. Number two. Uh, from this last week, uh, Northern uh, North Alabama beating Western Illinois. Now, the Missouri Valley, we'll get into this a little bit later as well, but Missouri Valley is a very deep team, and the Leathernecks are a good team. And I said, I said, the spread on this game is minus 13 and a half uh, for Western Illinois. So they were favored that they were going to win by 13 and a half points. So basically 14 by two touchdowns. And what happened? North Alabama beats them 26 to 17. I loved it. I, I, I was super happy when I saw that score. I said, this Alabama, these Lions, um, they're kind of in a transition year into the Big South. This Lions team is legit. And I think that, you know, last year they, they had some success. And I think uh, despite not being able to, to do really do much this year, they're going to see the success. Uh, them and Hampton are kind of in a in a transition year into the Big South. So excited to see where, where it all ends up with North Alabama. But starting off, uh, the amount of underdog, uh, I should have went down to Vegas. I actually really should have went down to Vegas because I had a feeling on that, and I knew it was right. I said it in my in my uh, the preview podcast for week one. I said, this is going to be legit. This team is a good team. Watch out. So here we go. Uh, the next surprise is Cal Poly's quarterback, fre- or freshman, redshirt freshman quarterback, Jalen uh, Hamler. He threw for 221 yards and three touchdowns as uh, Cal Poly – Ended up beating uh, San Diego. Let me make sure I got this right. Yes, fifty-two to thirty-four. So uh, there were a lot. There was a really big quarterback battle. I had Coach Aristotle Thompson on the the show, and I thought, you know, Cal Poly. Uh, where you don't have a quarterback, you don't know who's at the helm, we're going to kind of see. I want to wait and see how this kind of turns out. Well, they have a guy, and he is a baller. Uh, big shout-out to, to Cal Poly. They played very well against the San Diego team that has been good in the past. Uh, the Toreros, they played very well. But you know what? Cal Poly took care of business. They went up to San Luis Obispo, and they ended up losing. They got routed. Very an impressive showing, not only for Cal Poly, but for the big sky. That just shows you the depth of the big sky um in the big sky preseason rankings as as uh, i pull it up here uh cal poly the coaches had them down at number nine and the media had them at number nine uh so you look at that you're like okay that was the ninth best team are you kidding me that is absolutely incredible that they were able to win uh that big of a game against a really good team so definitely a a person to watch for and a team to watch for as the 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 season rolls on uh also 
uh, on the Cal Poly side of things, you have Dwight uh, Trans Sampson. Uh, he rushed for 172 yards and two TDs, and he's only a sophomore as well. So, you know, if Cal Poly doesn't put everything together, which I think they're going to this year, definitely after that first showing, but if they don't, they have future. A freshman redshirt and a sophomore are your two big playmakers. That's going to, that's going to, that's a, that's an investment. You know, two, three years down the road, if, you know, if one of them redshirts, they're going to be very very good they're going to be good this year now imagine with more time in the system you know knowing you're the starter and stuff uh, as long as those two can be healthy they're going to be making some noise uh down there in san luis obispo and in the big sky as well um Finally, the the last surprise that I had uh, also comes out of the big sky was is Montana back? They surprised me with the, with what they were able to compete against South Dakota. I thought South Dakota was going to win. Uh, we're going to discuss that in a little bit uh, later in the podcast, but they had a great showing. Are they back? They haven't been to the FCS playoffs since 2015, only won six games last year. They have an incredibly hard schedule, but are they back? We will see. Uh, some of the disappointments from week one. I alluded this to this before, but Jacksonville State losing uh, 35 to 14. Now, not to take away from Southeast uh, Louisiana, I think they played a tremendous game, uh, being able to put it up. But they, you know, Jacksonville State, everybody's been talking about them. Um, you know, Athlon Hero. A lot of the preseason polls have them top 10. Uh, the coming back and they're going to basically destroy and they were going to take names and they're going to make a run and is this the year Ohio Valley gets a team into the semifinals into the finals who knows and they were worked over very good by Southeast Louisiana I was uh, a little disappointed number one because I'm following the Ohio Valley I like the Ohio Valley I want to see uh, the, those teams compete uh, but you know what shout out to Southeast uh, Louisiana they look like a team that can win the Southland concert uh, uh, conference and I'm going to be watching Jacksonville State is there blood in the water I keep on saying that uh, I thought at the first of the year they're the biggest word to describe the Ohio Valley Conference was parody there's so much parody across the entire league you could have somebody number one one week and number seven the next week and I kid you not there's a couple of teams towards the bottom that you can almost bet on but there's a lot of parody and like I said Eastern Kentucky UT Martin Murray State Southeast Missouri uh even down to Austin, PA, those teams are now looking up going, hey, we got this. They're not that far ahead. They've won the Ohio Valley uh, Conference for the last few years. Uh, it's been you know, fairly dominant, so we will see how this kind of rolls out. The next one was uh, Wofford losing to South Carolina State by a score of 28-13. to 13. Uh, Wofford, again, another top 10 team that's been talked about a lot in the preseason. Uh, and overall, they kind of choked i guess is is the word that i would use uh they did not have a very good showing i don't know uh how they rebound from that i don't i didn't think south carolina state was like overly impressive but it was a pretty bad loss uh 28 to 13 and wofford's been uh around for quite a while they've, they've had success it's a very successful program uh, again i don't want to overreact they, these two teams they might have just had a bad game uh but they did lose, and they lost big uh, to both teams. We'll definitely keep a tab on them, but if they lose two, three, four games, we're probably looking at a team that's not going to be making the FCS playoff uh, come November time. Uh, finally, the, 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 the biggest disappointment, I think, uh, of all was Samford. And I guess you can take it two ways, right? 
I was watching it. I watched the Sanford Youngstown State game uh, two weeks ago, and I thought, okay, Youngstown State looks superior. They were really good, but Sanford kind of came alive towards the end. Uh, the, their quarterback was. I was like, okay, well, this guy can ball. Or uh, he was a transfer, and I said, okay, well, I want to watch this team for a couple of weeks. I want to give Sanford a couple of weeks uh, to sit down and to really depict what this team is and so I say you know what they're going to take on Tennessee Tech uh you know they've been predicted in the Ohio Valley uh bottom of the conference I believe they only won one game last year so that I mean just add insult to injury right uh this this next year both the coaches and the media had them only uh, at the bottom of the concert had a number nine overall um I had them one step above that at number eight but uh regardless they were not predicted to do very well this year in the I believe they were leading Sanford was leading by 23 points that did not stop Tennessee Tech 23 points Sanford gave up pulled it to double overtime Tennessee Tech goes for two in the second overtime ends up getting it uh off of a touchdown they end up winning uh 58 to 59 so congratulations Golden Eagles congratulations Tennessee Tech uh this is definitely some place I think they're a very young team so you ought to be able to hang your hat on something uh but Kind of a disappointment for Sanford. Uh, I'm not going to say that the, the the season's lost. Obviously, you have your conference games and stuff like that, and you definitely could rebound. And they might not lose another game the rest of the season. It's hard to say, but definitely a uh, really kind of a tough loss when you're leading by that much and you let that amount of you know everybody back in. That that's sad. So uh, anyway, those were our. Our reaction, surprises, and disappointments from week one in the FCS conference, well, subdivision, if you want to call it that. Um, the FCS game of the week here, to get the ball rolling this last week, was Montana at South Dakota. And I watched this game very closely. I, uh, I was not able to watch it directly. I was listening to it uh, on the radio, one of South Dakota's radio. They had a little thing online, and I, and I clicked on it, and I was listening to it. I also had alerts coming to my phone as I was watching a couple other games during on Saturday. And I... Overall, I thought these teams were going to be very, very similar. Uh, they have very similar stories. Uh, South Dakota, you know, two years ago, very dominant. Uh, Montana spent about four years, right? 2015, the last time they went to uh, uh, the SCS playoffs. So I'm like, okay, who am I going to, you know, who am I watching for, right? And I thought South Dakota, I really, and I, I want to stand by this, they are still good. Do not think that they are not uh, good in, 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 in the realm of, you know, South, in South Dakota and in the Missouri Valley. I still think they're going to do very well in the Missouri Valley Conference. But they ended up losing it. But both quarterbacks, uh, Dalton Steen really impressed me. He completed 71% of his passes, three touchdowns. The only bad thing is he did throw two INTs. Uh, in the game, but overall, you know, he had a monster game through all over the place. Uh, a lot of uh, little mid routes, I guess. It wasn't super crazy down the field, but a lot of he he made his completions. Uh, uh, Samuel Akim had 158 yards receiving. Uh, Samurai Toure had 142. Both had a touchdown. And then on the South Dakota side, Austin Simmons uh, was 70% made completed 70% of his throws, two touchdowns, one INT. Um, 
He had a, an amazing wide receiver that kind of flew under my radar. Uh, his name is Cody Case. Had 144 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Uh, overall, this was an, a, a very competitive game. Like I said, I thought this team, both of these teams were very similar. And uh, that's why it was the game of the week. And I was very intent on watching it or at least listening to it. Uh, a little disappointed in, in, in the finish. I actually had predicted uh, South Dakota to win. I guess not disappointed, but surprised. Uh, Coach Bob Nielsen did say that they prepared a lot for the run, and they did very well against the run. It, they just did not think Dalton Sneed uh, could sling the pill as well as he did. He was all over the place. I mean, he had so – I mean, to be able to throw 70%, that is absolutely incredible. Congratulations to him and that Grizzlies coaching staff, uh, Coach Huck and, and company. But – that was the game of the week, and I thought it was a great matchup between the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley. Kind of uh, them in the Missouri Valley, the Big Sky and the CAA. Those are the big dogs, in, in my opinion. Also, you know, you have everybody else, but those are really good conferences. So it's always good to see a matchup between uh, those two so up next, uh, that was kind of a recap of week one, uh, surprises, reactions from week one. Uh, up next, we will be going over the top 15. Uh, from here, I get the ball rolling where we see these teams. Top 15, and then we will discuss the games of the week for this upcoming week. And uh, we'll leave you with that. So stay tuned, FCS Fan Nation, lovers of get the ball rolling. Stay tuned after this. So keep the ball rolling. All right, we are back after uh, that quick break from Anchor. So uh, our top 15 for week number two going into it. Uh, number one, we're going to have the North Dakota State Bison. Uh, a lot of people have put James Madison as number one or even South Dakota State, but the champion is number one until it is defeated or something uh, happens outside of their control. But they won. They took care of Butler. They are number one. Number two. The James Madison Dukes. Number three, South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Number four, Maine Black Bears. Number five, UC Davis. Number six, Towson. Number seven, Weaver State. I think Weaver State, uh, I was asked about this uh, from one of my friends. He said, how do you have UC Davis uh, above Weaver State? Both of them lost to FBS teams. Now, Weaver State did play closer against San Diego State, but UC Davis did play Cal. Pac-12 versus Mountain West. Uh, but two teams that you definitely want to be watching for in this upcoming season. Number 8, Eastern Washington. Uh, number 9, Furman. Number 10, Central Arkansas. Number 11, Northern Iowa. Number 12, Illinois State. Number 13, Kennesaw State. Number 14, Eastern Kentucky. And number 15, uh, rounds out our top 15, is Montana Grizzlies. So... There it is for our top 15, and it went into a lot of deliberation. Uh, we looked up a lot of stats on this, put it through our statistical things, had to make a couple of tweaks just due to, like I said, FBS, FCS. Uh, but overall, kind of a, kind of surprising. Uh, newcomers into the top 15. Uh, is, for number one is Furman. They absolutely played extremely well. Very impressed with that football team. Number 10, Central Arkansas. Uh, they beat Western Kentucky. Er, yeah, Western Kentucky, and I do like Western Kentucky. Actually, I, I'm a big fan of of the Hilltoppers, and I followed them for quite some time, about uh, 12 or so years uh, since I was just a little boy, and they ended up going to Western Kentucky and getting the win. You need to be rewarded for that. We're going to see how the Central Arkansas team uh, plays throughout the season to see if they can maintain that top number t uh, top 10 ranking. Uh, 
Again, I had a little bit of pushback on the Northern Iowa number number eleven. I understand that uh, they played and played very well against Iowa State, uh, went into double overtime, right? But the thing is, I think Northern or Iowa State uh, played a very generic game. They played very conservative. They didn't really take a lot of risks, and that might just be Matt Campbell's system and the Cyclone system. Uh, but I've seen them play big, and uh, uh, Northern Iowa's offense. They didn't really, I, I believe they didn't have a touchdown. They didn't have a score until, an offensive touchdown until uh, overtime. And then once in overtime, they did well, but they were on the 25 yard line. So I, uh, Iowa State was a lot of bend, don't break. Uh, Northern Iowa's defense, not going to take anything away from them. They did very well against a very good offense, but that's why they're at number 11. Now, if they play uh, very good against SUU this week, we might be moving them up into the top 10. Um, I do have the Colonels uh, of Eastern Kentucky at number 14, which might be a little bit high. It might be a slight overreaction. People have, have told me that. I don't want to overreact, but I want to state it again. I had them as my number two team in the Ohio Valley preseason. They surpassed my expectations in week one. We'll see what they do through the next three or four weeks, especially once when they get into uh, Ohio Valley play. So that is our top 15. We'll always release our top 15 uh, every single week from Get the Ball Rolling uh, for the FCS and uh, FBS as well. So we are going to be going through uh, the games of the week, uh, what to expect, and uh, the questions that we have, right? Number one, our uh, week one or week one uh, CAA game of the week, game of the week did not disappoint. Definitely had a lot of flavor there. Uh, week two, we have Rhode Island home against Delaware. Rhode Island just had a huge renovation of the field and I believe part of the stands. So they are excited to get out onto that field. They did lose to Ohio, uh, FBS team. Really hard to kind of measure how good that team is. Uh, Delaware ended up beating their in-state rival. Uh, 31 to 13. Uh, they were down 13 at one point. They kind of came back and, and, and obviously, you know, 31 unanswered points. They kind of flexed their muscles there. But I want to see, uh, Delaware is kind of these, uh, like I, I like to say, renegade teams. You don't really know where they're going to go. They have enough talent. The coaching is good. In theory, they should be good. But, uh, there always seems to be one or two games that get away from them every single year. They usually get into the, the FCF playoff, I think, due to the, the, the schedule difficulty of the uh, the CAA. But I'm, I really want to see where this team uh, can go. Can, can they remain, you know, fifth, fourth in the CAA? Because that's where I have them at, this kind of on, in this bubble. Uh, you look at uh, Rhode Island, can they do it again? They got to six wins last year. They're hungry. They want to make the playoffs. They want to do these things. I think they have a great coaching staff out there. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, listen to the, the Rhode Island podcast. They really are a talented team. Now, I want to see if they can translate that into CAA play. They, they struggled against Ohio. That's great. That's okay. Ohio's one of the best teams in the MAC. So let's see if he can do it. Knocking off Delaware at home, new stadium, or I believe stadium renovation, new field. Let's get it, Rhodey. Uh, a very interesting game. Um, the week two game of the week for the Patriot League is Holy Cross against New Hampshire. Holy Cross uh, was beaten down pretty good against. Uh, Navy last week, I believe it was a score of 45-7, to seven. Uh, and a lot of people are like, what, I, don't you want to be watching a couple of the other games? And, and no, I mainly want to see how New Hampshire, uh, you know, their, their coach is out, which is extremely saddening, he's taking a, a leave of absence. 
I want to see how New Hampshire plays. I think Holy Cross is a great team to watch them. A couple of people have New Hampshire top 25. Uh, I think they're an extremely good team, but Holy Cross, they're, they're going to challenge them enough. Uh, I want to see how this Holy Cross offense operates. Their, their defense is good. It's, there's not questions for me on their defensive side of the ball, more so on the offense. And uh, a lot for New Hampshire to look up to, obviously taking a week one by and uh, not seeing them in action. Uh, the week two game of the week for the Ohio Valley Conference, and I think this is a big one. This almost made uh, game of the week is the Austin PA Governors against Central Arkansas. I believe they're the Bears. Um, I thought Mark Hudspeth did a great job against North Carolina Central. Uh, the Governors ended up winning 41-10, to and they're playing home against Central Arkansas. So Central Arkansas not only had to go on the road and beat Western Kentucky, but now they're going to play an Austin PA team. And I think Mark Hudspeth is a great coach. I'm, I'm actually a really big fan of him. I was sad to see when he when he left Louisiana Lafayette. But he's now at Austin PA. This this team, uh, they were down 3-0. They, they obviously uh, scored a ton of points, and then... Uh, NC Central ended up getting a, a touchdown, but I really want to see how the, the the governors play. This is a big test for them. Central Arkansas is not a team to laugh out. Central Arkansas could be in the playoffs. This is a playoff caliber team. How is Austin PA going to uh, play against them? Now, uh, they're predicted uh, about middle of the pack in the Ohio Valley, uh, but if they are back and they are legit, and I, which a lot of people think they are, then are they? Could they replace a team like Jacksonville State? Are they going to compete against you know UT Martin against uh, Eastern Kentucky? Really, kind of an interesting little dynamic there, where not a lot of people think about. So, I definitely want to tune into that game. Uh, both big wins uh, in Week One. Who's going to have the big week? in week two. Uh, is Western Kentucky really not that good and Central Arkansas just exploited them on certain things? Was it because they, it was an FCS against an FBS? We'll see. A lot of questions are going to be answered uh, that game comes Saturday. For the Missouri Valley, uh, outside of the game of the week, because uh, we'll go, we'll discuss that in a little bit, uh, we have Illinois State against Moorhead State. Uh, Illinois State played NIU tough. It was a score of 24 to 10. Uh, NIU, I believe, is going through a coaching change, a uh, couple different things, and a lot of people are high on these Redbirds. Uh, I wasn't terribly impressed uh, at the first showing, and even preseason-wise, I watched a couple of a little clips on them, but they ended up. They lost score of ten to twenty four. Moorhead. Uh, they did beat uh, Union College in Kentucky by a score of forty four to seven. So, uh, Illinois State. Now I do have them in our uh, top fifteen. I have them at number twelve, just due to the hype around them, and and a lot of people think this team can and will do something special. And I have them there just at that, just by word of mouth. People saying this is going to be legit. This is going to be a number one test for them. Uh, we'll see how Morehead responds as well. But this is the first test. We will see what this team can do. And 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 a lot of our questions, like I said, a lot of the questions are going to be answered because this is how you know, week one, two, and three sets up for the rest of the to of the of the season um for the Big Sky, we have probably one of the most exciting games of the week. Like I said, I've already kind of given a shout-out to Cal Poly, and they are an extremely good pl- program. But, you know, are they are they going to keep on riding high off of that win against San Diego? Again, I cannot overstate this. San Diego is an extremely good team, and Cal Poly whooped them. I mean, they just 
they flat out just beat them down 52 to 34. Very, very impressed. Now, they're going to go uh, on the road to Ogden, Utah. It's beautiful up here. They're not playing in the cold. So don't think that this is going to be, the elements are going to have a factor unless we get a crazy rainstorm, which I don't think so. But it is a beautiful, it's supposed to be a beautiful weekend here in Utah. Ogden is a tough place to play. Uh, there's a lot of wind in Ogden sits up towards on the mountain, uh, but that those things shouldn't matter. But I want to see if this Cal Poly team is legit. Like I said, they're picked ninth. I had them a little bit higher in my preseason rankings. We're going to see uh, which way this team leans. Obviously, that was a great win against San Diego, and. Uh, you know, Weaver State, they lost a heartbreaker. They had a, they had a, I believe it was a punt return or a kickoff return, uh, called back. They scored, they would have won seven to six against San Diego State, and everyone would have been hyped around Weaver. Weaver State is a great team. Defensively, they filled the holes that were there. That, that left, uh, this last season. They're, they have a great quarterback in Constantine, and I really want to see, these two teams battle it out. I actually am probably uh, going to be making the trip up to Ogden. We'll see uh, after I talk to my wife, but to see if this team is legit. Uh, but we will, again, we'll see. Hopefully, I can give you guys coverage on that and firsthand knowledge. Uh, finally, the Big South game of the week is Kennesaw State at Kent State. Uh, I think that you can put Kent State on upset alert. I think the Owls are uh, deserve that much respect. Uh, Kennesaw State. Uh, they ended up, they got a win in their first matchup, I do believe. Let me make sure. Yeah, Kennesaw State won last week. Arkansas, or Kent State played uh, Arizona State 30-7. to They ended up losing. Uh, it was a Thursday night game. It was on ESPN. Uh, Kent State actually played fairly well against Arizona State. It's a Pac-12 team, but I think Kennesaw State uh, put them on upset alert. We'll see what happens coming out of the Big South. Uh, I would I would have liked to, to give a shout-out to the Fighting Camels, uh, but they do play Shaw this week, so uh, not much. I think they'll, they'll roll that game. But anyway, we will continue to give coverage on the Big South. Now, finally, the game of the week for all FBS is the game that we've all been waiting for, uh, at least, you know, people of lovers of, of, of FCS football is bringing back the nickel trophy, and that is the game against North Dakota and North Dakota State. Uh, you you would be surprised to know that North Dakota actually has the edge in this series. They've won it 62 times. Uh, North Dakota State's only won it 46 times, and there's been three ties in the, the, the series history. Up until 2003, this game uh, was played every single year. It was the, the longest consecutive uh, streak of games since 2003. They've only played twice, and it's kind of sad when you see a game or, or teams like that in 2003 uh, North Dakota won in 2015 North Dakota State won it was in Fargo and uh, Grand Forks both teams uh, defended home field advantage <clears throat> now now obviously it was a little bit different of a time uh, for North Dakota to have that edge but I'm going to say this North Dakota looked really really good as they rolled I believe it was 44 to 7 against Drake Drake is not a team you want to mess with that is a really good team now North Dakota is a great team. North Dakota State looks like they have uh, a very solid quarterback and doesn't look like they're going to skip a beat with under the uh, under the new head coach. 
But if you're going to put pressure on a new head coach in a new system, this is the first real game North Dakota State. They, they rolled past Butler. They were on the road uh, in Minneapolis, played at Target Field. It was a great site, blah, blah, blah. You guys saw the highlights, right? But I honestly believe that North Dakota and North Dakota State are going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be within about seven points. I believe it's going to be a touchdown. I want to give the Bison <clears throat> a slight advantage due to because it is at home they're in the Fargo Dome but again not to be understated North Dakota is a legit team put them on upset alert this is the number one team in the nation in my opinion the North Dakota State Bison they've won we know the accolades they have uh, if you don't follow FCS you're like oh man again uh, North Dakota State won it again a lot of people recognize that but if there's a team that can knock them off this early in the season it is the Fighting Hawks of North Dakota I had a Danny Freund on the on the show I actually talked to him a little bit about this they are ready and they are prepared to take on North Dakota. Let's reignite this rivalry. Um, North Dakota is an independent right now. They're moving into the Missouri Valley after uh, they had a state in the big sky. Welcome back, North Dakota, into the Missouri Valley. Let's see if they can make a mark because this team is legit. They look good on Saturday. Both teams did put up big numbers. Uh, North Dakota State put up 51. Again, uh, North Dakota put up 44. Not to be understated how this good this team is. So, this is going to be the game of the week. I believe it is on uh, ESPN or ESPN Plus, so definitely tune into that game. Uh, we also have a lot of good games in the FBS, but flip it over. I'm telling you, you're not going to be disappointed. You're going to be wanting to watch uh, this game and how it all kind of just unfolds for, for, this, for this ball club. So that is our... Week number two, uh, well, week one recap slash week number two looking forward. Again, I strive on uh, giving you guys the best stats and uh, the most in-depth coverage that I can. Uh, the FCS is a great full of great programs. It's a great subdivision of college football. And uh, not to be overstated, there's a lot of interesting teams as we roll forward into the season. Again, week one and week two, week three, sometimes week four, answer a lot of my questions onto teams. Um, again, we'll be having, we'll uh, have our reactions on the next episode of this uh, with the FCS. We'll, we'll react, maybe overreact, underreact, uh, talk a little bit about the teams that we did. Obviously, those three teams that were disappointing, we'll see how they fare through week uh, number three, or, or sorry, week number two, and into week number three. So definitely stay tuned. Uh, like I said, hopefully I'm on the road this weekend up in Ogden watching the Cal Poly game, uh, providing you guys the most in-depth coverage. If not, uh, I'll definitely be watching about 15, 20 different college football games. So I hope you guys had a great week. Tell your family, tell your friends, like, follow us on all of our on all of our social media outlets and uh, if you have any, if you have anything you want me to talk about concerning the FCS, ideas that I have, uh, ways. I have a lot of different ideas that I don't really have a lot of time for uh, on the show, but uh, ask me, and I will most likely respond, and I will give you a big shout-out on the show. So uh, until next time, have a great week, and keep the ball rolling.